Hey, Jay Calloway here, pastor of The Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're doing well today on this wonderful, wonderful day. I believe that God is putting inside of you great visions and dreams and plans and uh, things of the future. Not just the future of way off in a distance or, or, you know, in the future of being out of this world, as we always proclaim in, in the destiny of us being in heaven. But I believe that he's putting things in the future for tomorrow, for the next day and the next day. You know, that's what our entire sermon series about is about here, entitled Produce and the Power of Productivity. And I just want you to know that I believe God has put into you the ability to produce. He's put, you in, he's put in you the ability to be productive and to achieve and be successful in all that you do. Whatever you, The Bible says there, whatever you put your hand to, it will be, it will be successful when you do it with excellence, when you do it with all, the, all your might and put your entire energies into it. Well, listen, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name is Jay. My wife, Vicki, and I, we lead this amazing, amazing church called The Gate, and we are so excited to be right there with you. We want to thank you for coming in and just being a part. We know that you could choose to do a a hundred other things. You could choose to do um, uh, things that were just for yourself or just to do whatever it might be for out there, but Can I just say that what you're doing here, the Bible says there that he who seeks me um, is, is greatly rewarded. And I believe that you are being rewarded today and God is going to bless you amazingly simply because you are seeking him even through just learning and being a part of this. Well, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this idea of being a producer and to produce. And today I want to talk to you about the promise of producing. What, there is a promise there. In fact, if you would look, how many of your Bibles say yes? If you don't say oops, turn your scripture with me, if you would, to Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. And we've been camping on this for some time now. And I want to talk to you about this promise. You see, whenever we, are, we enact the ability that God has put in us, he says that we have the ability to produce and that we're to produce wealth. In other words, that, uh, the ability to produce growth increase. Yes, money. Yes, uh, finances. Yes, all of these things. But the, rea- the actual term of, per- of wealth means army. To bring bringing those around us that can produce uh, as well. And I want to talk to you about the promise of what this is because throughout scripture, it always talks about this. But in Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter and verse 18, it says there, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And that, and when, it, when we see that and when we remember him, that says it confirms his covenant, that he's made a promise with you. He's made a promise for you. He's made a promise to walk with you in all these areas and to provide to be Jehovah Jireh, to be our Jireh, to bring in provision for all of those things. But that word produce actually means to accomplish. It's not just something that, that we look at to say, okay, we're going to be people that have great ideas. Because every accomplishment starts with an idea. 
It's not that we're just having, um, we're going to be a group of people that have great words. Because every great um, accomplishment starts out with words, starts out with a proclamation. In just a few moments, we're going to say the believer's proclamation together. But it's more than just words. Yes, the proclamation, we can say the word and we can speak as things as if they were even though they're not and they come to pass. But the reality is, is once that's spoken, we must put it into action. The Bible is very clear when it says there, do not be just people of words, but deeds as well. Don't be just listeners, but be doers, not just hear this. And can I just tell you one of the greatest um, failures in my mind would be is for you to spend your life joining us every single time that we have a service. You putting together a, a time to where you're just going to schedule out your time to hear what we have to say. We, you hear the Bible, the Word of God. You hear the interpretation of it. You hear the things that you should do, but you never do them. You see, that's not a person, that, that's not a producer. That's not somebody that's going to be productive. That's just somebody that's going to hear it, but never apply it. And what God is saying to each one of us as children of God is that we're to apply. He's given us the ability to produce. He's given us the ability to accomplish, to fashion, to put together those thoughts and those ideas and those, that seed, that vision, that, that uh, proclamation, and that, that we would go forward in that. That not only when we say that my walk is sure, my talk is confident, is that we actually start talking and we actually start walking. Not only do we hear the word of God, but we do the will of God. You see, that's the whole power of what we are all about. So I want you to say it with me like you mean it and you believe it today. Say it to with me today. Today I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the Word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. I, I turn to somebody next to you in your hub, give them a high five, say, I believe it for you too. Hey, and listen, if you're by yourself, just text somebody right now, or even if you're in a group, pull your phone and just text somebody real quick. Just message them wherever you're at. Share this post with them, whatever you can do. Get them on the phone, do something. Invite them next week into your home and say, hey, we want to do this together. I want to just encourage you. That is part of being a producer. As part of being productive is to share the word of God with those around you. And when you share that, this post, when you share it with somebody, when you say, hey, listen, I heard something. I just want to give it to you. That's part of accomplishing what God has put in you to accomplish. Well, this idea of the promise of production or the promise of being a producer is something that's very important. And I want you to know that I believe in our society, there is a great enemy against being productive. I believe that there's a great enemy in that, that the enemy wants to take that, which is, uh, that, which is, uh, is the, the productivity or the accomplishment, the fruit, as we talked about last week, the fruit of those that are productive and steal it from them and try to give it to somebody else. You see, there's a passage of scripture that I think goes right, right in the face of this idea that you can do nothing and get something. When I was young, when I was younger and raising my children, we would have them in certain sporting events. 
And I found out very quickly that there was this mindset that if you just show up, you could sit there and, and just play with the dandelions on the, on the side of the, of the field and never get in to play the game, never try to make a score. You could just show up and they would give you a trophy just to make you feel good. I was hearing one time, I was hearing just the other day that our society has completely changed now. Where we used to go online to find information, now we go online to find affirmation. You see, there is this mindset in our world right now that just because we're on the planet, we deserve rewards. Just because we came out of our mother's womb, the doctor smacked us on the butt and we began to cry, we deserve something. But in reality, that is not even scriptural at all. There is no such thing as, the, as those that work very hard and very diligent and completely and, and build on what God has given them and take the ideas that they have and, and produce it only to be taken away to give the, to that who's doing nothing. You see, we see this idea in there in Matthew, the, uh, the 25th chapter in verse 14 through 30. And I want to just, I want to set the stage for you, but I would encourage you to go read that passage of scripture because I believe it is a, it is a straight line into what it means to have a promise of productivity. You see, when we are, when we become productive in our lives, when we decide we're going to produce, we're going to take those things that God has given us, the ideas and the education and the finances we have, and we're going to plant them in the ground and we're going to uh, nurture them and let them grow. We're going to start a business or we're going to start a family and we're going to do what we're supposed to do and we're going to train up our children in the way they're supposed to go. Things will happen. There will be blessings that will come. There is an, in, there is an immutable reality that can never change. It's a law of nature that if you decide to be productive, then there's going to be blessings that will come your way. There's going to be things that will fall on you when people will look around and go, how are you so lucky? Luck has nothing to do with it. It is all about the principle and the promise of productivity. There is a power inside of you. But there was a passage of scripture I want to encourage you to read, Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 14 through 30. And I encourage you to take some of these principles and put them into practice for yourself. But here's the way that God feels about those that decide to sit on the abilities that he's given them. Decided to just put them in the can and, and hide them or bury them or walk and operate out of fear. You see, there was a man that was going on an extended trip. There was, he was going to leave his, his vineyard. He was going to leave his business. He was going to leave all of these things to his, his three workers that he had with him. One, he gave $5,000 to take care of the business. The other one, he gave $2,000. And one, he gave $1,000. I'm sure that this, this story is very familiar to you. You may not have read the particulars of it, or you may have looked at it as in some other fashion or form than what we're talking about today. But I want you to see the God's attitude toward those who are not productive. You see, there is a promise of productivity that is so powerful that we cannot lose sight of it. When the, when the man came back from his long trip, he asked those three workers to come in. And when he did, he, we, he asked them how they handled the, what he gave them. Well, the one that had 5,000, he told them, he says, Master, when you left, I took that and I invested it. And I took it and I worked it hard and I worked it hard. And, and Master, I'm here to tell you that I give you 10,000. 
I turned your 5,000 into 10,000. The master was blown away. He said, that's amazing. That is fantastic. And what happens is, is that the promise of productivity here is the idea that he was now promoted. He wasn't just a slave or he wasn't just an employee or a worker. Now he was a partner. Well, the one that was given $2,000, the same thing happened. He told the one, he says to the one, he says, what did you do? And he says, well, master, you gave me 2,000. I went and I made it 4,000. And he handed it back to them. And he was, again, the master was blown away. And he sat back and he goes, this is amazing. This is fantastic. He goes, you know, just like your, just like your coworker here, you're no longer a slave in my, in my, in my empire. You're no longer uh, just a, the male boy or you're never long, no longer just this person or that person or just, no, no, I'm going to make you a partner. I'm giving you the corner office. I'm giving you something that you can really look over now. I'm going to make you the, the head over my entire, an entire department in my company. But then he came to the third. And the third one we see very early on is that that man, he took the $1,000 and he put it in a hole. He dug a hole and he put it in a hole and he buried it and he just guarded it. But the outcome of that, the outcome from that one is what I want to talk to you about. We love the idea of investing. We love the idea of all of these things. But I want you to see how God looks at somebody that expects something without doing anything. They just want to take what they have and scare and have that scarcity mindset that we talked about a few weeks ago. That they have that mindset. And this is what God says in his kingdom. When he heard that, he said to that servant, he said, he said, looked at him and says, he, he goes, what did you do with yours? And he says this, I'm going to read the actual translation, the, the message translation from it or the message version. He says their master, I know you have high standards and you hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances, allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound to the very last cent. The man was proud of the fact that he just sat there and did nothing. The man was proud that he just took what the master gave him and did not increase it, did not put it to use. It wasn't productive with it at all. He just, he just shoved it in the can. He, he put it in the can and he sat on the can. He did nothing with it. The master, it says there in verses 26 and 27, but the master was furious. And he says, that's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, you, why didn't you do the least? Why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done was to bid it and invest it with the, with the bankers, where it would have at least got a little interest. In our day and age, putting it in the bank would have been a very small amount, but that would have been more than just hiding it in the mattress, hiding it in, a, in the backyard. And then this is what he said. Here's the promise of productivity. Take the thousand dollars. He goes to the, he goes out to the men that were in the area, uh, to the other workers. And he says, take the thousand and give it to the one who had risked the most and get rid of this play it safe. Who won't go out on a limb, throw him into utter darkness. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not sure that this, I hope that this is an inspiring message for you. For some, it might be a very convicting message. I pray that it's a spurring on message for some of you. But for others, you're more concerned about playing it safe and not willing to take a risk. Not willing to go out there and lose your reputation. Not willing to go out and lose and, and be, a, be afraid that someone might talk behind your back. That you might try something and it fail miserably. God would rather you fail miserably in trying something than just sitting back and taking what he gave you and just sitting on it only to give it back to him in the same condition that he gave it to you in. That's a powerful thought. But yet we're living in a society right now that is telling us to play it safe. That's telling us to stay well, to play it, to stay safe. Many years ago, there was never a time where we would say something out there as be safe out there or to be peaceful, be at rest. Because the idea of just playing it safe was so foreign to those even in this country. This country was built on men and women that were going to go and risk something. Can I tell you the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God on earth was built by men and women that were willing to risk it all. To go in with every single thing they had. That they were willing to not only risk the, their lives, but risk their fortunes and risk their possessions and risk their reputation. Because you see what productivity says is I'm going to take everything I have and I'm going to throw it right in and I'm going to do it all. And if it fails, then it fails. I will start over again tomorrow. You see, the promise of productivity is simply this, is that he is, wants you to accomplish. The promise of productivity is if you are willing to risk everything that you have, if you're willing to go and step out on a limb, you're like Peter that you step out on the boat. You're like Daniel that you're willing to risk a lion's den. You're, you're like Moses that you're willing to go before a Pharaoh that you know that he knows you had you killed someone. He knows you're going to be like an Abraham that is willing to leave his place that he knew for a land that he knows not of. Can I tell you, we are looking for a land that we know not of. We are going into a place that we've never been before. We are looking at going in and walking on water, walking through the fire, walking through the flood, going into the lion's den, knowing that we will not be devoured because our God is with us. We're willing to walk into the valley of the shadow of death and we will not fear any evil for he is with us. But I am not going to sit back and can the, 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 the things that God has given me in order to not be productive. And I'm not willing to sit back and be in a mindset that I'm just going to let somebody else do it and take what they have. I'm not going to take the blessing that somebody else has. You see, our society is saying right now that if you've really built something really strong and you've built something really big and you've created a bunch of wealth, we need to take that wealth from them and give it to others and that we need to do that. That has never been the way that God has called it. Yes, we should feed the hungry. Yes, we should clothe the naked. Yes, we should give water to the thirsty. But that is out of our heart, not out of somebody taking it from us. Just like this passage of Scripture, when God saw that, that, that He had given them ability, can I tell you, I want you to understand something today. Being a producer, having the, that idea of a productive mindset, having a, 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 the way that God has called you to be and everything else, is that He wants you to get, He's given you the ability to do it. 
You cannot look back on your mom or your dad. You can't look back on your education, your race. You can't look back on your gender. You can't look back on it because can I tell you, in the kingdom of God, there is no male or female. There is no educated or uneducated. There is no black, white, rich, poor. There is none of that. He's given you the same ability that he gave the person next to you, the person next to you. He's given some 5,000. He's given some 2,000. He's given some 1,000. But whatever he's given you, you have the ability to produce with that. You can't make any excuses. You can't come back and just say, oh, if I was born in a different time. Oh, if I was born a different color. Oh, if I was born if I was born a man. Or if I was born a woman. Oh, if I was born where I had a good mom and dad. But I, have a, I didn't have a good mom and dad. I didn't have a dad at all. I didn't have a mom at all. Oh, if I didn't have them brothers and sisters that were always beating me down. Can I tell you, David became a giant killer in spite of his brothers. Abel lost his life because of his brothers, but it was counted unto him as righteousness because he gave a more pleasing sacrifice. You might feel like you've got your family is in the way. You might feel like there's no way you can do it because you aren't in the right system. You're not in the right place. You're not in the right country. You're not in the right place. Can I tell you, you're where you're at because God wants you there because he's made you productive. He's given you the ability. Now you're going to need to put away your excuses. You need to put away the excuses like this man that says, I knew you were a hard master. I knew that you didn't expect, you gave no room for error. If we know that, then why don't we act like it? If God's given us the ability, then why aren't we putting it to the test? If God's given us resources, why aren't we risking them? Why aren't we putting them into the place where the greatest investment's going to be? You know what I think is interesting? In the mindset of our world, we want to take from the we want to take from the most those that have the most and give it to those that have the least. In God's kingdom, He takes from the one that had the least that did nothing with it and gave it to the most. He didn't give it to the one that had two to make it four. He gave it to the one. He says, "Give it to the one who had the most." He says, "Give it to the one who risked the most." Can I tell you that this is a principle of productivity that God wants us to hear? This is revelation for some because we're sitting back there thinking, I just want it. We just sit with our welfare mentality. We're going to sit back because of the situation that we're in, because of the things that we're in. This last week I heard that, our, that in this idea of pandemic, that people are suffering from, from long COVID, meaning that we're suffering from the things of anxiety and we're suffering from the things of, uh, of, being, uh, of weariness or fatigue and all of these things. And our government wants to begin to help uh, give disability for that. But can I tell you, as I was reading the word of God, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything give thanks. We don't need a pill for our anxiety. We need to start praising in the midst of our anxiety. We don't need to, the Bible says, there because, do not become weary in well-doing. We don't need to go and sit there and go and take a nap. We need to go feed the hungry. We need to go do some good, some good things. 
The Bible says that when you spend your energy in helping those that are less fortunate than you, he will increase your energy. He will increase those things that is in you. You may feel like you have nothing left in your life. You may feel like there is no way that you can take even the meager little that you have and risk it for what God has for you. You may say they're like, I don't have the energy. I don't have the time. I don't have the emotional st stability. But can I tell you, if you begin to give him praise, if you begin to give him worship, if you just start lifting him up and saying, God, I give it all to you. All of a sudden, that anxiety is going to go away. I tell you, there are days when I wake up and we've taken risks on things and I've put things out there and I'm like walking on water. And if I'm not careful, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll sit there going like, what on earth? I get and the, 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 uh, the anxiety starts coming and starts building. And then I remember what the word says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for, don't be anxious for a pandemic. Don't be anxious for, for not enough money. Don't be anxious for a, a marriage that is that seeming to be going down the tubes. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, give thanks. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, I'll just start going, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for, for my family. Thank you for my marriage. Thank you. Oh, I praise you. I give you the praise for the wonderful things that you've put in my life. I give you praise for the wonderful people that you've called me to lead. I give you praise for the ideas that you had. And all of a sudden, things will start happening. And I'll, start to get, I'll get an idea that will help me out on what I'm being anxious for. All of a sudden, there'll be something that will come into my spirit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. You see, anxiety and the enemy wants to come in and even steal your memory. That's why the Bible is very clear. It says there to hide these things in your heart, to hide these words in your heart, memorize scripture, put that scripture to practice, begin to move into that. Oh, there's days where I wake up. I'm like, did I even sleep at all? I am so weary and I'm so tired until I realize it says, do not become weary in well-doing. You will wear yourself out when you try to do it in your own strength. You will wear yourself out. That's what it means to become weary, is that you are completely worn out. We will find ourselves being weary in, in, in doing. And we'll sit back and go like, oh, I can't do this. Do you realize what it says there is do not become weary in well-doing. It doesn't say in well-hearing, in well-talking, in well-speaking, in well-showing uh, up. No, it says, do not become weary in well-doing. You will be just as weary doing nothing at the end of the day as if you were spending the entire day digging ditches. So you might as well be weary at the end of the day in something that you don't have to be weary in. Become a doer of the things of God. Become a producer. Invest in that. You see, the passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy, the second chapter, I call it the 2-2-2 principle. It's called that we are to invest into other people's lives. We're to go in there, and in the message version, it says there, So my son, throw yourself into the work of Christ. Pass on what you have heard from me. The whole congregation saying amen. In other words, it says there, you throw yourself into it every single waking moment of the day. Throw yourself into all that you have. Set your hand to the plow to break up hard ground. Put your hand to it. Burn. The, in fact, there's, a, there's even a great story in the word of God talking about a farmer. His name was Eli, uh, Elisha. And Elijah was coming along and Elisha was there and he was, he, was he was plowing the ground, plowing the ground, plowing the ground. 
And the Bible says that Elijah, Elijah threw his mantle on his neck, meaning, you follow me. And Elijah, and Elisha went and he took, and what he did is he took his plow and he broke it up and he took his oxen and he sacrificed them from the fire that he burnt his plow with. Now you have two ideas here. One, you have one that you're going to put your hand to the plow and you're going to do it with all your might and you're not going to look back. In other words, do what God has called you. Be there and do, do those things that God has called you to do. But if you're doing something that he hasn't called you to do, or if something comes along to your side and, and, and a man of God, a woman of God comes in and says, there's a call on your life and puts that mantle on you, then burn that plow sacrifice those things don't hold that in there is no plan b in productive people they go all in for it can i tell you there's no plan b with me i am in for the long haul i am in for what god has for me he says they're reliable you pour into reliable leaders who are competent to teach others. In other words, don't just grab anybody. Find some people that are going to take what you have and pour into them, and then they'll pour into others. He says, just like when it gets rough and it gets tough and, and it, the, the, hard, the days are hard, Pick people that you're going to be around that will be able to take it on the chin, just like Jesus did, just like Peter did, just like Moses, just like Samson. All of those that were there, they were all in. Oh, did they make mistakes? Of course they did. Oh, was it difficult? Of course it was. Was it, was it rainbows and, and butterflies every day? No. There was, of course, in fact, most days it wasn't. It was just solid producing solid planting and harvesting planting and harvesting planting and taking care of it he says just like the soldier on duty doesn't get caught up in making deals at the marketplace he concentrates on carrying out his orders so many times we're over in these different places trying to do different things make things work and what god is saying to you is listen i've set your table i've put who needs to be at your table i've put the food that's on your table i've opened the doors walk through the doors i open quit trying to open doors that i've closed and quit trying to close doors that i've opened I'm doing this. The word of God says in the last in in our lives that he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He's the one setting the table. You're not. Don't try to do the things that you know that are going to work because it is beyond your understanding. Productivity in the kingdom of God is beyond our understanding. He's going to resource us. He's going to do it. It's like the athlete who refuses to play, to play by the rules never gets anywhere. But the one that will run the race and stay in his lane and continue running, even when it feels like he's losing, he will finish the course. You see, it's not about starting the race, and it's not about keeping keep going on the race. It's simply about finishing. And God has called us to be productive, to accomplish, to finish. He's the one that is guiding us. He's the one that gives us. It's back to that farmer, that diligent farmer who gets the produce. You see, we need to remember and we need to realize that God is calling each one of us to be productive. He's calling us to produce. He's given us the ability. But if we just sit on it, 
If we don't do anything with it, then we're completely out of the will of God. And God will have words with us. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in having words with God like that. There's times where I say we need to have a come to Jesus meeting with people. I don't know if you've ever had a come to Jesus meeting, but that's one of them right there. God looks at him and says, I have given you the ability. Now do something with it. Don't be just a hearer today. Be a doer of his word. Take those things that you have and produce them. Put, make them out. Accomplish it. Become successful in the kingdom of God. But the only way we can do that is if we truly have 100% faith in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that what we're doing is he's called us to do it. We're either putting our hand to the plow because we're right in the will of God, or we're burning the plow and sacrificing, the, sacrificing everything else on that burnt off altar because we're needing to move into the will of God. Which are you? Where are you at? Are you in the will of God? Or are you needing to get into the will of God? Are you needing to put your hand to the plow? Or are you needing to burn the plow that you're, you're holding on to? It's your choice. And the only way to do that is to commit your life to Jesus Christ. And I want to invite you today to, inv to, to come in with us. And I want to invite you to just say, you know what? I'm committing my life to Christ. And if that's you, I want you just to put that in the chat box or look at somebody next to you wherever you're at. Talk to somebody. But if that's you today, I want you to just type in there, burn the plow, burn the plow, burn the plow. We'll know what you mean is that you need to get into the will of God. You need to commit your life fully to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So pray this prayer with me, would you? Every, every one of us, whether you need to, need to put your, keep your hand to the plow or you need to burn it, but especially those that you say, I need to burn the plow and get on with Christ. Pray, pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the ultimate authority of my life. I proclaim, I declare, I confess, and I promise that you are the Son of God and that God raised you from the dead. And today, I burn the plow. I give everything to you to become your child, to become a producer in your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, I just wanted to let you know that if you prayed that prayer, you have become a child of the Most High God. We love you and we're praying with you. We believe we're going to link arms with you. No matter where you're at in the, in the nation, in the world, we are here for you. And we just want to walk with you in all of those things. But before we go, I want to just pray a blessing over you as we go forward. So stretch your hand out toward me, would you? I bless you. I bless you now in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families that your marriages would be lighthouses in the neighborhood and to all that are around you. I bless you now in your children that they would be blessed to the thousandth generation as you raise them in the ways that they should go according to the word of God. I bless you now in your finances, that you would have more than enough to pay your bills, to pay them on time, and that you would be generous with all that you have according to the, according to the biblical principle of stewardship. I bless you now in your friendships, that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, and that you would be an influencer in this world and not simply be influenced by it. I bless you now. Now go in Jesus' name and be a blessing to all around. Have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. 
And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.